0: That was the news. You are listening to The Breakfast Show. My name is Lawson. Sitting across from me is Blair. And we are going to have our
1: next quiz. Absolutely. The quiz question is this. How long did Enoch live on earth before being taken to heaven? Mm. How many years? Uh, You've got four options. A, 99 years. B, 200 years. C, 430 years. Or D, Five hundred and fifty-five years. Wow. A, B, C, or D. If you think you know the answer, you can text it through to zero four nine one zero six four six six nine mm. and get your name in the running to win our prize: the God's mission, uh, God's mission, our mission Bible yeah. study guide and accompanying booklet.
0: Absolutely. Well, the Bible study that we work through here on the show, God's mission and our mission, we have the guide itself. But also, yeah, this amazing accompanying booklet, which I think this is like one of my favorite topics is God's mission. It's Absolutely. Just, it's just the best. Like And the mission that we have, the purpose that God gives us to go and to reach the world. We're going to be talking about it and diving into it today. But... It is incredibly important and we are giving you an opportunity to be able to get the resources that will give you an amazing perspective of how it is that you can live a life serving God. But do you want to read that? Yeah, let me give you the question One more time.
1: How long did Enoch live on earth before being taken to heaven? Was it Mm. 99 years? Was it 200 years? Was it 430 years? Or D was it 555 years? Absolutely. Text it through to us, 491
0: Yeah, again, that number, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. I really appreciated what Jennifer Skews was saying about emotional health and particularly looking at EQ or, you know, our, our emotional, our emotional quota, um, and being able to, to be able to be empathetic, to read, you know, actions and others. I, I just know, yeah. Growing up, especially, I was such an emotional kid. Like, I, I was like stressed out by a lot of things, and then like I would, you know, kind of, I'd be really happy and I'd be really sad, and and so you know, I'd get frustrated and then I'd cry and all these things. And so, and and yeah, it took it took me. I really had to be intentional to kind of grow out of that mm-hmm. and to be like, oh man, I need to be a, a mature person. And I think particularly becoming a Christian. And realizing as we're talking about God's mission that, oh, man, I need to deal with people and serve their best interests first. That experience said, oh, man, to serve other people's best interests, you know, to help other people with their emotional health and to lead them to Christ, I need to be on top of my emotional health. Mm. Well, it's something that I need to be journeying with. It's something that I need to be aware Mm. and to be conscious of conscious of
1: as well really, you don't want to
0: be stuck in that space
1: I really liked as well how it brought out that connection between emotional and physical health mm-hmm. you know we as people are complex and connected beings and one part of us affects everything else mental health spiritual health mm. um, physical health social well-being all of these things are interconnected mm. and uh, and that's what's yeah what's so important about being healthful in all those domains of life so that we can really thrive and live a our best life
0: yeah absolutely it actually kind of reminds me of so at the, at the moment i've I've been writing essays for my theology degree and I've been particularly looking at ancient Greek philosophers and the things that they had to say in fact in a number of my subjects is I have one subject that's called philosophy and ethics which is on that very topic but I'm doing another subject New Testament epistles and kind of looking at the context in which the epistles are written, and the crowds that they are written to. And I'm writing an essay about First Corinthians and looking at okay, well, what what was the kind of thinking that the Corinthians would have been accustomed to previous to receiving the gospel, and and looking at the uh, you know the the chain of the 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 history of the tradition of philosophy that was in ancient Greece, and I believe it was the Stoics and the Epicureans. They they're both similar in the sense and, and Aristotelians as well that they saw that the soul, which we, for ancient Greeks, they believed that, okay, you know, they, they believed in dualism. So there's, yeah, like, there's like there's like a body and there's a soul. Yep. And for Plato, Plato was very much like, oh yeah, our body is just, you know, a bunch of... And then we've got a soul inside. And as soon as we die, I've got an immortal soul that like flies off um, and goes and does its thing. Whereas the like Aristotelians and the Stoics and the Epicureans, they all kind of notice like... Our emotional state and what we know is affected by our physical state. Like they had made this observation all the way back then, like two and a half thousand years ago or two thousand years ago, where they were like, oh, surely they can't be disconnected because how can I be sad that I, you know, or, or, or I've broken my arm and i'm hurt because of it and i feel physical pain which makes me feel sad emotionally how can that be disconnected you know how can i have a soul that's disconnected from the body if if those two things are very much affecting one another and then that and then those emotions affect the feelings that i have and then yeah and so they were these people just as greek philosophers Rather than employing what Plato was saying which is you know very kind of ethereal and, and well it's all very ethereal it's Greek philosophy but it's just very ethereal and very out there and very ah oh, up in space oh you know there's there's a form greater than us that we can't know and these kinds of things they are like oh but what we see and what we observe is that we're yeah we're very we're very much affected by the world that we live in where we are very um incorporeal sorry corporeal which is me. you know we're very in our body in in the world that we live in and yeah i i believe that god also has a lot to say to that too the the model that god presents of who we are as people and what our makeup is is that we are a holistic being Mm -hmm. is that we are a human being when we're alive when we're a person which is we're made up of we've got a body and then the breath of life which god has breathed into us and as we're living on earth in this body and experiencing the things that we experience yeah we're affected by all different kinds of things all of those different uh influences and whatnot lead us to make certain decisions good and bad but the amazing thing is that despite those influences or the bible actually before i before i make that point and the bible says you know we can be tossed and thrown you know around we can be all over the place like like a wave tossed in the wind you know, it's, oh man, things can hit us from all sides and and toss us around. But yeah, the the appeal for us that the Bible makes is, oh, we have the ability to to latch on to God essentially, to to choose Him and to let Him work in us. And particularly, what we're going to be highlighting today is to let Him work in us to reach others. We're going to be reading a, a passage and studying a passage of Scripture that I think is just incredible. It's all about the gospel the everlasting gospel, and what it is, and how we are called to reach others with it as well. So, Blair, if you're able to get for us Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7.
1: Absolutely. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. So good. So much in here to talk Mm -hmm. about. Um, But let's read it together. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7, it says this, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, Mm -hmm. saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment has come, Mm -hmm. and worship Him who made heaven and earth the sea and springs of water. What are your initial thoughts there, Blair? We have, well, in the context of mission, uh, Mm -hmm. we see straight away here, that there's an angel flying in the midst of heaven and it has something to tell everyone. Mm -hmm. There's an important message here Mm. that is to be shared with the whole world and that message, it says, is the everlasting gospel. Mm. This everlasting gospel that is to go to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. couple of things I love about that. Number one, this gospel message, this everlasting gospel, is not an exclusive message. Mm. It's a very inclusive message. Mm -hmm. It's something for every single person on this globe. Mm-hmm. There's not one person that Absolutely. this message is not for, and 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 that's great because it th- this is a unifier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, we were t- talking earlier on in our news segments about how the world has become increasingly polarized mm-hmm. and disconnected, and you know, different factions and all of these sorts of things. The answer, this the answer, is in in Scripture that the unifier is the gospel message. Mm-hmm. It's for everyone. And it's inviting everyone into it. And so that's one of the... I mean, that's a key thing that jumps out straight away to me. Absolutely. And I think the unifying thing about the gospel message is
0: that it comes from heaven. Like, there is one gospel, one true gospel that comes from God. And I feel like this... Well, it's this point you could almost say that's denied us because... uh, uh, Sorry, not denied us, but it has divided us in some senses over... What people believe the gospel actually is What people believe it means to be saved And and what God's mission on this earth is to people And I feel like it's divided people But when we take on this true gospel from God It really does unite us And well, in some senses we should expect division You're listening to The Breakfast Show Connect with us on zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. Yeah, I really think that in some senses we should expect that it should divide us because that's what Jesus says about the gospel himself. He calls well, he calls the word of truth a a dividing sword that that does well it, it does bring divide between what is sin and what is righteous and we ultimately have a decision to make here. And and that whole idea of sin and, and righteousness and judgment is very much brought out here, that theme, in this passage. They're getting to fear God, give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come.
1: Absolutely, absolutely the case. And and you're exactly right to say that uh that when this passage speaks about the everlasting gospel, it's talking about the true gospel. Mm. And this distinction has to be made. Well, Scripture makes this distinction mm. because there are false gospels. There mm. are ideas out there that are actually in contrast with the gospel that mm. are, but are presented as if they are the gospel. Mm. Um, and this is really interesting. This is, Paul makes this comment uh, in Galatians chapter one. Uh, and he's he's writing to the church in Galatia, and he has a message for them. He says in Galatians chapter one verse six and onwards, he says, "I marvel that you're turning away so soon from mm. him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, mm-hmm. which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Mm. But even if we, or even if an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what <laughs> we have preached to you, let him be accursed." Uh, and it goes on, and he says, as in verse nine, he says, "As we have said before, so now I say again: If anyone preaches any other gospel to you than that which you have received, let him be accursed." For do I now persuade man or God? And he appeals to the authority of God. Yeah, wow. And this is something that Paul was constantly
0: fighting against: was the the heresy that was. And again, this is very early days in the christian church yet the heresy that was kind of coming out even at this time the apostasy of like in the 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 one that comes up in my mind is is when you read first and second timothy and there is a couple of, of characters mentioned there uh, mainly uh hymeni this guy named hymenius who is basically preaching that the resurrection has already happened and a lot of Historical scholars have looked into that, and it was a very Gnostic view of prophecy. It was it was an overrealized view of prophecy, essentially that oh, these people believed that that the resurrection had already happened in the sense that they had been spiritually resurrect- resurrected and then used that to manipulate people and kind of preach a gospel that pointed towards them. Like, I'm someone who's been spiritually resurrected by God and therefore, and, and this is the final resurrection that the, you know, the word of God talks about and therefore you should follow me, this kind of thing. And Paul is speaking to this when he when he writes in First Corinthians 15, when he writes in first and second Timothy, and he's like, for these people who deny the resurrection or who deny the resurrection of Christ, like they they are denying what God has done. They are denying the power of the gospel. They are denying the truth of Jesus Christ giving his life to save us and furthermore, resurrecting to prove that we would also receive this resurrection. And so we do see this, this the true and the false gospel, this whole idea and this theme coming out in a lot of Paul's writings. And then again, we come to Revelation here now in a end time context, you could say, in a message that will go to the whole world before Jesus comes back. And the point that's being made is, well, a very clear aspect of the gospel, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. This aspect of worship and obedience to God comes out because of the impending judgment. And it's like, okay, if your gospel doesn't have this as a part of it, the fact that there is a very real judgment and there is a very real need as a result of that to worship God in spirit and in truth, then it is not, the gospel that you have received from the apostles, from the word of God. If, if it's lacking that aspect of judgment, then it's not a true gospel.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. And I think, you know, a, a passage that brings that out really powerfully is Romans chapter one. Mm. Um, and in Romans chapter one, verses 16 through to 18, it speaks about that very thing. It says, Paul's writing again, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of mm. Christ, For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Again, he's saying it's for everyone. Mm. Um, For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So there's this appeal to what God has done for us. The gospel is all about Jesus. Mm. Why do we need this, this reconciliation? Well, verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. The gospel is buttressed, is connected to, absolutely connected to God's judgment and his wrath. And we see this very much in the book of Revelation, as we've Mm -hmm. seen in Revelation 14. It's the everlasting gospel. And then that very next verse in Revelation chapter 14, verse seven says, for the hour of his judgment has come. Mm. It's connect, they're all connected here. The Mm -hmm. gospel saves us from the judgment because of what Christ has done in and through us. And this is so powerful because, um, you know, the true gospel is that God doesn't save us in our sins. He saves us from them. Wow. He brings us through that. And, and I love how Revelation brings this out because Revelation, you know, some people say that the book of Revelation is, doesn't have Jesus in it. It you know, isn't, isn't, um, doesn't have the gospel, but it's all through it. Let me read to you, Revelation chapter one. Um, and we get a little insight here in, um, in verses five and six. It says, um, oh, grace and peace to you. He says, um, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of earth, um, who, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins mm. in his own blood. And so you, you know, you see in Revelation this message, uh, of God saving us through the washing of our sins through his blood, the mm. sacrifice that he's made on our behalf. But you go through the book of Revelation, doesn't just leave it there. It also talks about um, this need, uh, how God o- helps us overcome. In Revelation mm. chapter 3, um, he who overcomes will like Jesus, like I have overcome, will sit on the throne. And so Jesus uh, teaches through this gospel message, um, the everlasting gospel, the true gospel message, is one about uh, saving us from our sins and helping us to be freed from the impact of them, uh, the penalty of sin, the power of sin, and even ultimately the presence of sin in our lives. It's that holistic mm. gospel. The presence of sin in our lives, and furthermore, in
0: the universe itself. Judgment, by the way, if you didn't know, is good news. Absolutely. The fact that there is a judgment, this is fantastic news. If there was no judgment, like if, if God was a God who didn't bring judgment against sin... He is not a God worth serving Because we all know Like we all have a sense of what justice should be And how justice should be carried out You know, if someone commits an awful crime Someone, If someone was to murder one of your family members today You would absolutely feel as though they should have Justice and judgment brought against them Because of the the crime that they've committed God's judgment is one that in the end Will bring an ultimate end to sin Sin, pain, suffering, and death. Like, that's the heaven that we have to look forward to. That can only happen through judgment. And through his judgment, he'll completely remove sin. And through this judgment as well, like, the option that we have as people, and this is the good news, like, this is the the good news of the judgment. The gospel that includes the judgment is that God is going to get rid of sin, but he's made a way for you to survive that. Because if God got rid of sin... Without Jesus, we're God. Like we're that, that you know, we are absolutely done for because we are you know guilty sinners. We ha- we are deserving uh, of of judgment. We have
1: deserving absolutely, of death. absolutely. And I think that's why you know all throughout Scripture, and you know even in the Book of Revelation, you see this. In Revelation chapter six, you've got God's faithful people saying. Um, When will you judge the world, O Lord? When will you judge? When will you judge? Because they're crying out for judgment. They want judgment to bring justice and to restore uh, God's ideal to the world Mm. to set things right. Mm. It's rightly understood exactly as you've said. Rightly understood, the judgment is good news. Mm. And uh, and then when we get to Revelation fourteen, which is what we've just been reading uh, in this little passage, uh, finally it's not um, when will you judge the world, O Lord? Now. the judgment is present. Yes. Now the judgment is happening. God is, uh, we're in that time right now where God is beginning that work, where he's working through that and he's preparing to come back and set the world right again, which Mm. is fantastic news. Absolutely. And the only safety that we can find in that judgment
0: is worshiping God. And this is the appeal that is made to the people. He says, Hey, the hour of judgment has come. What do you need to do? How do you get through judgment? Worship God, give glory to Him, follow Him. This is the the option that has been given to us, and this is what is called of us as those who are looking to you know survive judgment and ultimately to to be with God for eternity. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
1: And Blair, let's have our final quiz for today. Absolutely, fill in the blank. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be blank in your latter days. What is the word for filling in the blank? Yeah, absolutely. It's a Bible verse from Proverbs, and you can, uh, yeah, if you think you know what that word is, you can text it through to zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And that question again, fill in the blank. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be blank in your latter days. Mm-hmm. What is it? Text it through to us: zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Mm, amazing,
0: guys! Again, that number: zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you send us incorrect answers, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week, which is our twenty million movement Bible study, but also the companion book that comes along with
1: it as you well. You just really threw me there. You said, if you send in correct answers. If you send in correct answers, not correct in. answers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, if yes. you send
0: incorrect answers, well, just, just do it anyway. Just, just send it. Just, just Why not? send us Why whatever not? you like. Send yeah. us what you ate for breakfast this morning. Like, we, we'd love to know. 0491 064 669. You're listening to the breakfast show this morning. We have been talking about God's mission to the world. Absolutely. And... Well, over the last couple of days, we're looking at you know Matthew twenty-eight, looking at the commission that he's given us to reach people, and now it's like, okay, reach people, you know, share this message to the world, and this message is, fear God, give glory to Him, the hour of judgment has come, and worship Him who made heaven and earth and the seas and the springs of water. What do you think it looks like to worship God? What is this true worship of God? Look like.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's connected there with the fear of God, mm-hmm. fearing God and worshiping Him. These are the two things that are connected there. Mm-hmm. And I think to just to firstly start off and look at that idea of fearing God, um, because it is connected with the worship. How do we fear God? What does the Bible say about fearing God? What is that? Well, there's a bunch of texts we can go to and look at, but I want to just highlight one uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 we find a definition of the fear of the Lord. Uh, It says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance, and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Uh, And so we read in Scripture, when we're trying to understand what the fear of God is, it's to have the heart of God, to to recognize, you know, to to, uh, love the things He loves, Mm -hmm. to hate the things He hates, and to be... Uh, primarily more concerned with pleasing God than pleasing anyone else. Wow. And I think this is this is very connected to worship because when we have this posture to God, then we'll worship him not only in word but in deed in our lives and in everything that we do. Um, mm. And the, and the, and that's what it goes on to say. It says worship him and who made heavens and earth, the sea and springs of water it appeals to God's creatorship as a reason to worship mm. him because he's so much above us. He's uh, beyond us. He's the um, transcendent God mm. that is above and beyond us. And this is what the fear of God is emphasizing that he's above us. He's not a man. He's not a, well, Jesus was a man, <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's, he's beyond us, right? Yeah. He is, uh, he's, he's bigger and better than us and he's not our chummy chummy. Uh, old mate he's not on our level yeah. um in the imminence of god this there's always this tension because the imminence of god does stress his yeah. uh, on us our level and through right. jesus he was with us god mm-hmm. with us so there's always this tension mm-hmm. but as a christian we uh we have to hold those two in tension he is our brother but he's also our creator and our uh, God. yes
0: yeah. and, and and in The ultimate sense of being our leader, being our guide. I I really value what you said there because, you know, many of us work in professions where we have a boss and it's, it's usually to our benefit to do what the boss says, not just to keep our jobs, but the boss usually has the best perspective on how it is that we should do a particular job or a role or whatever it may be. And and that's what they kind of breed into the people who say go into the military and whatnot. It's like, if you're going to, if, if you follow the, The, if you, if you obey the commander, ultimately you'll survive, like, and you'll, you'll go forward and have the best strategy and and all of those different things. They're looking for people who, who follow orders. And it's like, yeah, like, I want to follow, I want to follow what that person says so that I don't die. But ultimately that, that person is a man. He's like, Mm. he's, he's my brother that I stand side by side with. Jesus, yes, is, is a brother to us. But again, like, he is the one who is ultimately dictating. The way it is that we should go, the way it is that we should live, because that commander, whoever it may be, they're, they're, they're just, they're just, they're just a man. They're just a man, but God is, he, he is given his life for us. He is, he has created us. He is the one to truly follow. And mm. I love this passage, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, where the Bible says, through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our, of lips that acknowledge his name. Mm. So this is talking about praise here, but I love here. It says like the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. It's like to, to praise God, mm-hmm. but it's like to, to have the fruit of our lips, which is the things that we say to then follow that up. And, and it calls it a sacrifice here and the, and again, Paul, but in the book of Romans, Paul writing the book of Hebrews, then in the book of Romans, he's like, oh, that sacrifice is not only in the aspect of worship and praise, yes. you know, singing the songs and say, oh, praise God, amen. But then furthermore, he says, give your bodies, yes, your entire sacrifice. self as a living
1: sacrifice to God. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, having an appreciation for the fear of God and recognizing that he is above us, um, it drives us to live that life and to see those fruits in our life through his power in us. You know, I've seen this mentality uh, that I've come across before. I call it the hey, God mentality, where you kind, <laughs> like, kind of like, yeah, you kind of like, you know, yeah. you're just like, hey, God, like you, you, you communicate with God in such a casual way as mm. if he's one of your chummy, chummy buddies. And I don't want to dig on people that, that talk in this way. That's not the idea. But the idea is that, um, you know, I mean, I think, that is emphasizing the imminence of God, His nearness mm. to us. His like that Jesus, our brother, like He's our best friend. He yeah. is all of these things are true. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm not, you know, going to beat up on that. But at the same time, I think we can in our modern culture have a uh, we can miss the transcendence, the holiness of God in that, mm. and we can just treat God with a casualness that we don't see in Scripture. Yeah. When anyone sees an angel, or I mean, even an angel of God, they fall down. Mm. That, that's the reaction, um, and how much more for God? You know, when we yeah. see the, the holiness of God, that we fall down. We have a, a reverence for Him. We have a, um, a, a we adore Him, yeah. and we, you know, and, and we 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 approach Him with that yeah. acknowledgement that He is God and we are man. He's our Creator. Yeah. He's above us, and we respect Him and we submit to Him.
0: Yeah, I I think that casualness can come out of. An incorrect perspective of what it is that God actually does for us, like what it is that that God has done, who it is that God is in and of Himself, and and yeah, to to refer to God and or, or to to relate to God in such a casual way, again, it, 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 yeah, it where God's just just a mate rather than someone who is what well, firstly, the God of Heaven, and the God of the universe, yeah. but then also working in your life as well. And, and furthermore, the things that he's called you to do again, not just to worship him by singing some songs, which mm. by the way, I love like Absolutely. both of us. We Absolutely. both play guitar. We both lead worship at church. Like, like I, I, I love music. I love the praise and the worship and whatnot, but God is even more so satisfied that we give our lives to him in every sense not just for that couple of hours on a saturday morning where we get to stand in church and think about how good he is mm. but furthermore where we believe how good he is and as a result orientate our life towards him in every way mm. and and be trying to and be striving to and this is the call that's again given here in revelation 14 worship him you know follow him be someone who counts yourself as hey i am following jesus you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and we've come to the point in which we just give you answers blair no more questions no more no more things to to ask but rather just questions to answer so
1: absolutely give it to us so the first question: There were twelve baskets of loaves and uh, barley loaves and and fish that were left over. Yeah, uh, at the end of the miracle of the feeding of the five thousand. Yeah. So congratulations to those who sent through and got that correct answer. Well done. Yeah. Oh, uh, and what a haul as
0: well! Like, yeah, oh, absolutely, f- f- mate. Five loaves and two fish. I am all for taking home leftovers. I'm like, I'm about it, especially like church lunch. You know, get some in. it's like, oh, that'll feed me for the next couple of days, dude. 12 baskets of bread from five barley loaves and two fishes. Obviously, it's an incredible miracle that Jesus does. But yeah, just
1: epic stuff. Amazing. Uh, regarding Zipporah, Zipporah was the wife of Moses. Yeah. So, yeah, that was quite the exotic arrangement, actually. Yeah.
0: A- so, interesting history and a geographical background of Zipporah, essentially being what people... The, the best estimate is that Zipporah was ethiopian and that her her father jethro was the same and so yeah and then you know moses from from over israel way and and yeah the union there. some I mean, very interesting stories and things that happened uh between them but yeah that was his his wife
1: okay and reg- uh, the question was uh, regarding the longest book in the bible yeah which book is that well it's the one in the middle Smack bang. Right bang in the middle, Psalms. Yeah. Uh, 100 and, oh, actually, I don't even know. 119. No. What, what, do no. You th- what do you think you I know? was trying to think of the total number of chapters. It's oh. up, up around 180, I think. Anyway, I yeah. don't even know, but it's massive. It's huge. Um, so, yep, well done to those who sent that one through. Uh, the Enoch question: How long did Enoch live on Earth before being taken to Earth? Mm. Uh, was it a ninety-nine years, two hundred years, four hundred thirty years, or fifty-five years? The correct answer was C: four hundred thirty years. Enoch lived on Earth before being taken to heaven. That's a long time on Earth, dude. Guy, he was living up to the
0: health principles yeah. of the Bible. He was he was eating clean, and, yeah, but also journeying with God as well. Of course, we're talking about it—the anti-deluvian period, yes. so. A time in which they lived very long. That's right. But as well, Enoch, well, the the amazing climax to his story is that he lives this faithful life on earth and then is translated to heaven, which he represents for us a, a first fruit or an example of the way it is that God can save someone to take them from mortal to immortal and from sinful and corrupted to incorrupted. Like mm. it's, it's beautiful. The story of Enoch where he walks with God to the point where God's like, Oh, well mm. let's walk home. Yeah. He takes him to heaven. It's just yeah. just amazing. And I
1: mean, how cool as well, 430 years on earth, but he's one of the only very few people in heaven right now. Um, we know of Moses, we know of Enoch, um, Elijah, you know, Elijah as well. that was taken up yeah. in chariot, the three individuals that were taken up to heaven. But, uh, so 430 years on Earth, but then quite a few more in heaven. Yeah, that's right. He's thriving. He's 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 still going, and he's still you know in heaven, St- mate. Still vegan.
0: Yeah, as, he's, as he's, you
1: do. He's charging. Well, that's <laughs> true. They they, they they you know they're not eating the um yeah. Not-
0: well, okay, that's a that's an interesting question because like, but you know it says like the promised land of land of milk and honey. That was like the earthly promised land, and then it refers to the heavenly promised land the same. So we. Will we drink milk in heaven? What do you you reckon? Do you reckon we'll drink milk in heaven? Do you reckon we'll eat honey in
1: heaven? I don't think there will be animal products, but probably a good question for question of the day. We'll yeah, send it to Lyle. Oh, mate, get yeah. it off
0: Thursday, Thursday afternoons, we'll 5, let, five p.m. That will let Lyle Come and join know. us.
1: He's already got a good question. We sent him from yesterday's program. Ah, oh, awesome, yeah, awesome, but awesome. Nah, awesome. He, he'll be great. Okay, and the last one here was fill in the blank from Proverbs nineteen twenty. Listen to the counsel and receive instruction that you may be blank in your latter days. The, the correct answer was wise. Wise
0: that you may be. Wise in your latter days, and ultimately, really like wisdom, wisdom is it's obtained. Fear you are it is fear of the Lord, and it is obtained through receiving. Right? Yeah. It's it's not something that we innately have within it of ourselves. No, it's something that we receive from. God Hey Braden writes in as well He says 150 chapters In the book of Psalms So your first guess Was right actually And then you yeah, doubted yourself I doubted myself 150 chapters Thank you Braden But guys Have a fantastic day And remember to talk faith To live faith And act faith And you'll grow strong In Jesus Christ God be-